Hey everyone, Adam here, and we find ourselves in Nehemiah chapter 11, and I am excited because here we are going to see two, uh, a big dichotomy between two forces, evil and good, light side and dark side, and here we are, the opposition in this, in this uh, part of the scriptures is between the city of man and the city of God, right? This is the light Versus the dark. Okay, we see in the beginning in Nehemiah 1.1, city of Susa. This is the city of man, the city of Babylon, right? Jesus references the city of man. There will always be a battle between Susa and the city of God, the people of God. And God's people are in a battle to transform, to see God's kingdom come, to transform culture to shift culture and this is a battle now we fight it with different weapons we don't fight it with force or with guns or with nuclear bombs right this isn't the ways and the tactics we use we fight with love peace joy patience kindness prayer loving giving serving sacrifice right? This is how we transform and shift culture. And it can happen in many different ways. Trinity Life, we talk about the domains of society, right? And each of those um, have interesting uh, ways that you could influence it, right? You could, these, these can uh, happen in legal ways and political ways and financial ways, spiritual ways, cultural ways, all sorts of different ways that you could influence in any of those domains right we talk about the governance domain or the agriculture domain or the communication domain or science and technology domain Um, all these different domains of society can be affected in these five ways legal political financial spiritual and cultural right and right now we see a massive shift towards darkness if you if you don't see it you're not paying attention right there's a shift towards darkness where Things in the city of man are getting darker. But don't lose hope. Because when things get darker, it often gets easier to see the light. Think about, we talked about it earlier, right? The light side, the dark side. Think about Luke Skywalker. He's walking around in the cloud city. He's trying to find Darth Vader. Right? He doesn't know that he's his father yet. It's right before that famous scene. Luke, I am your father. No! Right? It's right before that. Right? And he's walking around in the darkness. All he has is his lightsaber. And it's really easy to see his lightsaber shine in the dark corridors of the Cloud City. Likewise, in your life, in our day, in our time... The church should get easier to notice, easier to see. The people of God should be lighter and brighter because the culture is getting darker and dimmer. And so the the best days of gospel mission can be now. They can be now. Don't cover your lampstand. Do not cover it. Instead, choose to build the city on a hill. Wherever you go, wherever you are, whoever you find community with, choose to build the city of light on a hill, the city of God. Now, 
There will be future kingdom communities that you will be a part of building. And they're facing a battle. And it's a large enough battle to fight outside the church. And it is a shame and it is for our shame when we see battles inside the church. Because the battle outside is already hard enough. And we bring the battle that's raging outside, inside. And that is unacceptable and that is for our shame. There will be future kingdom communities that you find yourself a part of. Do not frustrate their plans. The battle that we waged inside, you will be tempted to carry it to the next place. Do not frustrate the plans at that household of God. Come alongside those people. Help and build and honor them. Honor them. They won't be perfect, just like Trinity Life wasn't perfect. But by God's grace, it can always be beautiful. It can always be beautiful and I hope it will be and I hope you will be a key part of that and we see here let's read now the leaders of the people lived in Jerusalem right there's the city of God and the rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of every ten to live in Jerusalem the holy city while nine out of ten remained in the other towns and the people blessed All the men who willingly offered to live in Jerusalem. See, urban ministry is not for everybody. Only probably about 10% of leaders will choose intentionally to engage in cities. And this is nigh impossible work. This is what we've dedicated the last 11 years of our life to. It is impossible work. We're literally engaging in an impossible mission. We're trying to see people's hearts change and see people's lives change. Let me tell you this. People do not want to change. People don't want to change. People don't want to worship God. People don't want to be told they're wrong. People don't want to submit. People don't want to love. People don't want to give. People don't want to serve. It's an impossible mission. It's impossible work. The rest, the 9 out of 10, they're going to receive the culture that the leaders, the 10% who stay in the urban centers, create. It usually flows that way. Culture flows from city centers to the rest of the world, right? It often doesn't flow the other way around. But it's not impossible, especially these days in the age of the internet where everyone has a voice, right? But uh, oftentimes, even in this scenario, those people in urban centers are... Uh, they are, they're, mo- they're most connected. They have the most powerful relationships around them. They're the most influential people or, or people who are highly mobile and still interact and interface with urban centers and cities are often still the most influential despite the internet dynamic. Now, if you choose to stay in the city and submit yourself to a new community with new leaders, would you please submit humbly to those godly leaders? Not every leader out there is godly, but please Find godly leaders and submit yourself to them. You will need to seek God for the healing that you need now in this season. 
so that you are ready and that you have energy to do the work and you're emotionally healthy enough to lead other people in the future. So we want you to be someone who makes disciples, who makes disciples, who make disciples. And we want you to join churches that plant churches that plant churches. And you will need a level of healing so you have energy and you're emotionally healthy to do that work. And because everything's built on relationship, we see that here. Some of those people will let you down. They will. They're sinners. Just like you. They'll let you down. Sometimes leaders let down the congregation. and Sometimes those in the congregation let down the leaders. It happens both ways. Every day. All the time. It's not just a book about what happened. I've heard someone say it like this. This is a book about what always happens. Trinity Life Church seriously missed the boat in a number of ways. This is what I've noticed over the last 10 years. And just remember, I'm just a random kid that met Jesus. I didn't grow up in the church and I belong to a church. I've never been a member at a church until this church. I radically met Jesus, well, 11 years ago. Well, 12 years ago, we began this work 11 years ago. Our 10th year anniversary is coming up. <clears throat> and I found that a lot of Christians were just kind of along for the ride, along for the church ride. It was very strange to me. I met Jesus. I was excited. I started making disciples, leading a Bible study on day one. It was like, oh, this is weird. And a lot of Christians were just kind of satisfied to go along. It was very strange. It's just something I noticed. Something for you to pray about. I noticed that people like the idea of being close to people who are doing the work. But they didn't like actually doing the work. Not the work of God, anyways. They like going to work and making money. But they didn't like doing the work of God, per se. Going to work and making money could be the work of God. Depends what you're doing there. Depends how you're doing it. Depends who you interact with and how you interact with them. Regular people working regular jobs can have massive impact for the kingdom. Something else I noticed. People criticize constantly and build infrequently. It makes it hard for the leaders to tell who's really on board. Because it's easy to tear down, but it's really hard to build up. You ever notice, like this camera setup that we do, takes a long time. It takes twice as long, factually, twice as long, if not more than that, if not three times as long, to set it up than it does to tear it all down and put it away. It's harder to build than it is to break. And people criticize constantly and build infrequently. Here's some other things I noticed. It's very easy for small things to become big things in people's minds. I know this especially because I grew up in this. I never knew what was around the corner. That was my relationship dynamic with my parents. Now, some of those things that I didn't think were a big deal, they may have actually been a big deal because I was a 15-year-old and I didn't know any better. <coughs> but I always felt like little things were conflated to be big things. 
And, and we and I did that. Like, you ever watch kids? I did that as a teenager, right? Things that my parents did that were small, I thought were such a big deal, right? And that worked both ways, you know? And people take, we generally do this. We take little things, we make them big things. Like, when was the last time you were willing to break a relationship over something silly? Yeah. That story that's coming to mind right now? Yeah. You did that. You were willing to throw that relationship away because of that thing. Isn't that crazy how we do that? I should probably go fix that, by the way. Oftentimes people interpret, this is a new thing, people interpret difference in personality um, or difference of opinion as someone sinning against them. It's often not. It's often not, and we don't need to treat it like that. That's how little things become big things, right? Because sometimes someone's personality is just different from you. It's okay. Someone speaks very directly. Maybe they're not actually a jerk. Maybe you're just somebody who likes to beat around the bush and kind of be a little more indirect, right? But just because someone's speaking directly doesn't mean they're sinning against you just because you, you wouldn't do it that way, right? I often use the analogy that when kids are doing stuff, they do a lot of weird things, right? And it's very tempting to get mad at some of the weird things that kids do, right? Like if they take their soup bowl, dump it upside down, and they start rubbing their hands through it, it's like, was that sinful? Or was that just silly? It's just a silly thing that kids do, right? But we treat it like sin. Like, how could you do that? Why would you ever do that? That's what it's like when adults interact and their personalities are a little bit different. That person may not be sinning against you. They may just be doing something that's silly and different than what you would do. So clashes in personality or difference of opinion are not always sin. So let's not treat it that way. <clears throat> this is something that really tripped us up as a community. Differences in strategic preference are not the same as relational sin. How you treat people when you have difference in strategic preference could lead to relational sin. But the mere fact of strategic difference is not always relational sin. So as you go to a new community, here's something for you as we learn how to be friends and leadership together. Work out your major points of alignment and then just go with the strategy. Figure out what matters most, and then when the leaders pick a strategy, go all in with them. If you align on all the majors, don't fight over the strategy. It will not help. Submit yourself to godly leaders and go all in. Don't just get dragged along. Say, eh, this may work, it might not work, I'll wait and see. No, live it out. Try it to the best of your ability. When it's not working, don't criticize and say, nah, I told you so, should have done it my way. Don't do that. Figure out how to make it work while still aligning as closely as possible to the original intention and the original design. And guess what, guys? At the end of the day, if you're making disciples, it probably won't matter. It won't matter. Just make disciples. 
Because people who are making disciples are too busy to criticize strategy. They just are. They got work to do. They got messes to clean up. They got babies to feed. They got diapers to clean up, right? You ever seen a new disciple who just started following Jesus? They're a little bit messy. They got poopy diapers. You gotta, it's a lot of work. People are making disciples are constantly, they're like constantly parents in the new baby stage, right? A lot of work to do. A lot of temperamental stuff. They're still emerging. They're still birthing into the new life, into kingdom life, right? And it's a lot of work. And they usually... If you're making disciples, you're too busy to criticize strategy anyways. So just go to your new community and just make disciples and share your faith and submit to the strategy and the vision that's there. Here's another thing. Leaders can misread a season because the job is already pretty hard. And it was especially hard during COVID. Here at Trinity Life, we misread a season to shepherd we did and it was easy to do that after those first couple lockdowns we finally lifted financial giving was high we had our best giving year ever i think it was in was it 2020 or 2021 maybe it overlapped over the two right when we did our first collective back attendance was really high so many people came back energy seemed really high Certain groups were doing really well, working out the new model. Some were struggling, you know, but we were like, because others were doing really well, we were like, oh, they, they'll come along. But under the surface, under the surface, what we'd all suffered through, there was growing tiredness, fatigue, there was growing discontentment. Relationships were strained. We hadn't really done life together in three years. It was really easy to misinterpret that we had done life together for three years. And that relational capital that we we often bank on with each other, it was running pretty thin. People on all sides were feeling like they weren't being heard. I stood in a unique position position where I felt like I could have maybe bridged the gap but I didn't read the signs and it became too little too late and I'm sorry and I should have seen that and we missed that opportunity and that was our fault and those things that happened to you I'm sorry I hope you can receive God's healing. I hope you can give us your forgiveness. I hope you can come to experience God's grace and give it and walk into a new season of freedom and joy. Because we love you and I love you. I didn't dedicate 10, 11 years of my life to intentionally hurt you. And neither did my friends. I just feel compelled by the Holy Spirit to pray right now. Lord Jesus, there are some who've left Trinity Life Church in true pain. They're out of our reach now at this point. 
would you bring them to healing and wholeness by your power of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, your finished work on the cross holds power over all humanity. You said you will be with us to the end of the age, and would you be with those who are broken and battered? And would you lead them to a place so that they could continue building? Because ultimately our food, the thing that brings us joy and fullness and energy in life is in doing the will of the one who sent Jesus Christ to accomplish his work. That is our food. May they eat of it again. May all of us who call you Lord and all of those who submit to one another as the church eat of that good, good food, receive healing and grace, and grow in love and mercy. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. When leadership fails at a church, and when church members struggle, both leaders and members have two choices. And in the community you will eventually be a part of someday in the future, you will be faced with this decision. Number one, when leaders fail, when members struggle, you could, you could vote with your feet and leave like a true Canadian and leave. Or number two, you could invest like a brother and build the kingdom of God despite. We get to make choices and we are a people of the city of light. Please move forward, open up your lampstand, join the city on a hill, and go on the greatest adventure of your life by becoming a leader and making one disciple in your life. Try making one disciple this year and see if they can make one disciple next year. And just see the beautiful adventure that comes when you join in and become friends together in leadership and affecting culture and affecting change. And this is ultimately what Jesus did. He came. He died. He worked 30 years swinging a hammer, three years of glorious ministry with a ragtag group of 12, uh, a rougher group of about 150 and crowds of thousands that would follow him around. And he changed the world. He changed the world with one best friend, three close friends, 12 intimate friends in his inner circle, a small church of 150, and fan boys and girls of about three to 5,000. And he changed the world. It's amazing. Imagine what we could do together as the church if we join together as friends in leadership. I bless you to have good, fruitful, open, and honest conversations about what it could look like for you, wherever you end up, to be the leader that God would have you be someday. Bless you in Jesus' name.